0: You are listening to Be The Love to awaken our souls. We are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings.
1: This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Ishtula Joy Davey. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Pelladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing healing benefits and potential in episodes 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the Scalar Light energy daily and have really started to notice the shifts in my own energy and including my deep sleep uh, with the chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a beautiful gift I've been able to provide for my family.
1: I am Stacy Musiel. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Lindsay Eastburn. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community, We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting
0: you to to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present and take another deep breath into your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything else you're ready to release and take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and send it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to.
1: Our guest today is Lindsay Eastburn. She is the creator of Hypnofertility and is the world's first and only established expert in the field of hypnosis to promote fertility. Doctors and fertility clinics worldwide support Lindsay's program. As infertility affects millions of people in the United States, Lindsay offers an alternative option to help. She has worked with thousands of people in their fertility journeys through her global practice. Lindsay frequently works with the most difficult cases. Patients are referred to her when other practitioners have run out of options, when medical treatments or repeated protocols that should work but do not. Her innovative style effectively blends the worlds of science and spirit. And through her private practice, Three Keys Hypnofertility, Lindsay teaches others her own techniques to help those struggling with infertility to increase their chances for a healthy baby. She is also the author of three books on hypnofertility. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me, Brenda and Stacey. I'm so glad to be here. So can you tell us about your journey and what has led you down this spiritual path?
2: There's so many places to start with, with my journey. Um, It's amazing. And and to kind of um, maybe zone in a little bit on the fertility, even since I was a little kid, I was uh, really concerned that women be able to have babies, that that women, you know, loving women who really wanted to, to have a baby, have a family, be able to have them. And I don't know why I worried about that, but I did as a little kid. And so I was, I, you know, one day I heard on the radio that that test tube baby was born in England. I believe it was 1978. And I heard this and I pretty much stopped and just listened and was just thrilled and and filled with relief that now uh, women would be able to have those babies that they desired. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't quite as, you know easy as that but it did um, it did make such a difference and and this is what has led me to be working with supporting um, natural conception and medical conception and doing this with hypnosis but also from an energetic standpoint and us and a spiritual aspect of of this because the process is is not just You know, it's not just on a biological or physiological level. There's so much more to it.
0: Wow, it sounds like really just as a young child, you had a deep knowing and there was a calling there and and just something that led you on this journey and the work that you're doing. And so I'm wondering if you can just expand a little bit more on the work that you do do with hypnofertility and maybe what a person can expect with that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I ended up I've been in the healing arts for a long time. I was always interested in them as a kid. So definitely there was a calling there. And then it was kind of sorting through and figuring out exactly what to apply where. But I didn't have to do a lot of that because I feel like spirit led me. And basically what I had to do was say yes, which I did in um, in different um, areas. But I did end up doing hypnotherapy certification in 1998 and I was already a Reiki master. I was practicing and teaching Reiki. I thought that hypnosis would be a nice complement to Reiki but within the first hour, hypnosis just sucked me right in. Mm. And I knew that this was was a piece that I really needed. And so I finished that training and um, ended up in Denver, in the Denver area, because I trained in Chicago. But I ended up meeting my husband, which brought me to Denver, which is where I'm just like spirit was just I I just was following along and seeing what would unfold. And and when this began, there were uh, two of the biggest fertility clinics in the world are here in the Denver area, which is why I feel like I needed to be here, because this is where this, you know, there was going to be an energy for this to really get started. And so, you know, women started coming in. It just it was like as soon as I got here and they needed help with fertility and hypnosis wasn't recognized. It wasn't connected with fertility at that time. Mm. And so, yeah, basically what happened was I started applying hypnosis techniques, which hypnosis is known for helping with stress and, um, you know, helping with phobias. So if someone has like a needle phobia, it's not very easy to deal with something like IVF. And so I was helping with some of those things using um, hypnotic techniques and then also bringing in or drawing from the energy work that I've done. And so that's how it kind of started. And this is what I do at this point. I could go on for a long time. So I'm going to I'm going to let you guys um, see if there's a direction that you want me to go with this at this point
0: yeah absolutely i would actually just really love to dive into your work around spirit babies this pink star lights and that pink light frequency Um, i'm wondering if you could just expand and, and let tell us our listeners and tell us you know what what that is what that means and yeah your work with that
2: yeah absolutely thrilled to talk about this. So I started out, as I said, in sort of this hypnosis, more of like the art and science of hypnosis. But, like I say, there's just so much more. there's so many layers to this, and it's a mind body spirit process. So, as the time went by, I wrote this this first book that basically was letting people know that hypnosis was an option for fertility that was a viable option. They did have this as a choice. And then, as I progressed on, Uh, I always knew about the spirit babies. I was always connected to them. And one of the things that happened early on was women were getting these uh, diagnoses of, you know, unexplained infertility or being told that they would never have a baby and that they should basically just, you know, plan on being childless or adopting or whatever else it was. And they would come to me and say, I know there's a baby there. I know I'm supposed to be a mother. And I said, of course, you know, I believe you absolutely. And I would work with them and these babies started coming in. And, you know, more and more as this continued to happen, the spiritual aspect became um, maybe brighter, you could say, and and kind of uh, became more to the forefront. So I ended up writing a second book. And this was to explain more of, this process of the babies that choose their parents. And I believe we all choose our parents. Even before I you know, was specializing in this type of thing, I do believe that we need to, even if it doesn't seem like it was a good idea, the choice that we made, that we did need that, that there was less, a lesson there. And then this goes a little bit, further into this. And so that was um called the three keys to conception, which um, are actually based on a meditation that I did. But I'll circle back to that so I can talk about the pink starlights. Moving forward, working with spirit babies, I I started to realize that there were they weren't just spirit babies that were coming through to me. And I was always aware of the you know indigo since early on and the crystal babies and the rainbows. And I didn't really think too much about, you know, where, what they were in terms of their energy frequency, other than I was helping them connect with their mothers or their parents. And then these babies started to come through and eventually they have a pink frequency. And that pink is, you know, the color of unconditional love and babies, all babies are going to be, you know, they emit pink energy, but the pink starlights, they have you know, a very specific purpose and a reason for aligning with the pink star light and and bringing that color pink through. And so, I did soon. I didn't know what they were called. I just knew that they were something special. And then I was actually guided to a pink star in a client session, and and this is where I became aware that this was what they wanted to be called the pink star lights. And so, this is where. I realized I, well, I I continued working with them, and soon I realized that they wanted me to write a book. And and the book is actually called Waiting in the Wings, Introducing the Pink Starlights. So apparently, they have selected me to help them get their message out. And so they're spirit babies, but also they have their own special mission, just as all of us do. So not all babies that come through are pink starlights. Uh, Not all of them are, are, you know, anything in a particular category, Uh, but the ones that I work with at this point, they've kind of uh, zeroed in on me and me with them. And so this is the focus of, of my work now.
1: So fascinating. How do you know? How do you know that they are a pink starlight? Do they do they tell you? Is there certain signs you look for? Just curious. Yeah,
2: it's, it's interesting. I kind of joke that these babies boss me around or tell me what to do. Uh, and if I'm not, you know, if I'm not tuned in, they're going to make sure that I, I am, they're going to get me tuned in somehow. Uh, yeah, you know what, what happens these days, so I feel like the pink starlights are my clients, if this makes sense, and that they, they guide their parents to me. And one of the things that happens, I mean, I can sense into their energy and that really unconditional love and heart energy that's there. And the other, um, you know, other, you know, indigo, seeds and so forth, of course, they have, you know, their amazing energies and their purposes as well. The pink starlights are very focused on that unconditional love and using that to help to raise the vibration of the planet part of that really big healing shift or transition transformation that we're experiencing right now as we heal you know earth mother or as we try to do that or work toward doing that so i just do know that they are pink starlights and very much they download to me so it's not it's not like a channeling really but more like they i i receive the information into my head so some people are more like clairvoyant or clairaudient. They can see or they hear or they're kind of guided that way. And with me, it's like just these downloads of information into my head or my brain. And uh, and then also I do have a way to st- I, I do sense into them. Sometimes it's hard to explain it because the language, you know, that we speak for everyday language is, is hard to address the It's almost a magical aspect of, of these, of these babies.
0: That sounds really beautiful. It sounds like they're here for a deep purpose. And you mentioned just raising the vibration of the planet. And, and I'm wondering at what point, like what, what is the age range that you're seeing them here on the planet right now? And, and what are they doing in particular to help raise the vibration of the planet? At this point,
2: I'd say the oldest one, maybe the oldest ones are that I'm aware of are like, you know, 12, 13 type of thing. And I didn't even wasn't aware of them actually being called pink starlights at that point. And but I am aware of some of them that their moms keep in touch. And I mean, it's just it's just so apparent. Um, They are they're just so smart and so compassionate. And so, you know, they're, they're not sort of just floating around like, you know, little nothing but, you know, happy, happy, love, love They're They are bringing some really amazing energy through to help us with shifting the planet. And the way I like to say it is that they're the people. So so what they're really doing right now is they align their energies with their mothers with their parents but they do tend to anchor to their mothers quite a bit. They're bringing this energy through and another thing that they're doing is their mothers tend to be older. Not always, but you know, pretty much like most of the time um well into their, you know, 40s. Sometimes, you know, late 30s but well into their 40s every once in a while. Um pink starlights will show up. Um but The women that I work with have gone through a long, difficult journey and I've come to call it an initiation and it is really rough. It it is just devastating. Um, Infertility registers really on the level of a a catastrophic illness, you know, like having a diagnosis of something, you know, like cancer. It's not treated that way in the world, but to the mind, body, spirit, it is that devastating and um so part of that though as the pink starlights communicate is that their mothers need to be open to everything so had they had their babies you know right away or easily on the first try or even if they're spiritual they might be you know the various levels of spirituality somebody might just be a little bit into it somebody might be more more so but the parents um, or the mothers, if they just had their babies, they wouldn't be continuing to have this, uh, or maybe even ever get this realization of what this is about and what the level is. Almost a, it's almost a desperation in a sense of us needing this healing energy to come through. So indigos are known to come into difficult circumstances, and they were, you know, having to break down a lot of you know old patterns that we had going on and the pink starlights don't have time for that so at this point they need they need their parents to be at an energetic level that they can do what they need to do if that makes sense
1: no oh, that does and thank you for making that distinction i was just going to actually ask that like cuz you mentioned indigo and so I was going to ask, well, what's the, the difference between indigo and pink starlight? So thank you for that um, clarification. So it it sounds like that the pink starlights you mentioned, they don't have time for that. So they have this deeper purpose. And what, what are the messages that they are meant to share with, with the world? Um, I, I assume aligning with healing the planet and humans, but is there something more specific to that?
2: Yeah, it's definitely in um, aligning, uh, yeah, and helping us to heal. It is very much bringing through divine feminine and helping that balance that needs to really happen right now. And it is a very, it's a message that is very much about balance, very much um, yin and yang. We need to have balance. So we've had this um, patriarchal, you know, ruling that's gone on for, you know, for forever and it's not about you know negative male female negative masculine feminine energies at all it is it is about the extremes and the dangers of the extremes and this has really been coming to pass over you know especially over the last century or so and so we need to get back on balance we don't need to swing from a patriarchy to a matriarchy but we need to have a balance and we need to have you know, the positive energies of each in a balanced way rather than because if we go to an extreme with either one, we get some really uh, negative, you know, energies, kind of yuck energies all over us with this with this extreme side of the patriarchy. We're getting a lot of violence and we're getting um, power mongering and we're getting you know vol- volatility we're getting people there's there's cruelty that's going on and that is that is the extreme and the negative of like the masculine form and we're we're masculine feminine this this world is we are its a duality in that sense and so extremes of either way are just they're not helpful and they're not sustainable anymore the planet just can't take anymore
0: yeah, I totally agree and, and I think we've been out of balance for so long that, you know, finding balance is really what our planet needs and it's not about one being better than the other, you know, the masculine versus the feminine. It's about let's let's work on co-creating this planet together and finding the balance and appreciation in each of the energies. And so I'm curious too. So I, I read somewhere that you, you mentioned somewhere that this is only, um, being being a starlight is only accessible to a certain frequency or comparative, the frequency, um, if that accessible to those with comparative frequencies, if that makes sense. I'm wondering if you could say more about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's basically is going to be women that are, And like I say, it is, it is parents, but they really do anchor into their mothers. And for the most part, that's, that's where that, um, it's like, what happens is the woman ends up receiving a calling from the pink starlight. She doesn't know it necessarily at the time, but this is part of this arduous journey. This, this really difficult fertility, uh, journey or the struggles that are going on and starting to feel broken and starting to feel hopeless. And this is where. It's like they they just they are guided. The pink starlights guide them to find out about them, guide them to struggling with infertility. People have to do they end up doing a lot of things. So nutrition, um, supplements, medical treatment, various medical procedures, um, complementary modalities like acupuncture. Uh, they they usually will get into yoga and, you know, just really explore you know what else can i do because this isn't happening i'm not getting pregnant um no matter what i do it doesn't seem to be working out and this this can really weigh on somebody and 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 they tend to begin to feel hopeless and this is where i i like to spin this and and talk about it as being an initiation and initiations are not easy but they are necessary and and basically the way it works is Somebody hears about the pink starlights and knows, you know, they really know that this is, I think that I have a pink starlight or this like really gets my attention. I really feel like I resonate with this. And that's where we are really at this point because you know, there's not a lot, you know, they're not out there yet. So people know a lot more about indigos or crystals and they don't, um, you know, people talk a lot about star seeds these days which are different right so we have all these different uh, little cohorts who have their own purposes and they really do work together they just they're intertwined I guess you could say but then each each cohort with their own um, focus if that makes sense
1: you mentioned these different cohorts you mentioned indigos could you bring some clarity around you mentioned crystal and star seeds just so we have some other context to refer to
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not an expert by any um, stretch on, on the other ones. I know that I'm an indigo and I found that out like way after all of this, it was, um, there are actually quizzes online and you can find out if you're um, an indigo adult or if you have an indigo child. Now the indigos came in much earlier and you know, in the 60s, although there there may be a, may have been some coming in sooner than that. They, they call those scouts and really starting to set this up so that we have to bring down this all of this control that was going on. So the age of Aquarius, you know, this this um, flower power is all coming out in the 60s. Right. And there's really something to this. I mean, this didn't just come out of nowhere. And it was it's. You know, the way things were going and the control that was happening, that all of that opened us up to start feeling those vibrations and receiving that in. And so the indigos, they have to be tough because they had to break down things. So most indigos came into a difficult childhood or family life in some way or other, you know, might be um, traumatic, abusive, just, you know, serious things happened. And it's not easy. You know, they didn't come into... Things didn't just, you know, come to them or, or go their ways necessarily, which which toughen them up and open them up so that they could have what it takes because to go against something like that. And to really look at breaking that down, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. And so these crystal babies who came along, you know, more into the 90s and my youngest is um a crystal and. These babies are softer. These kids, these people, you know, the souls that they brought in, they reflect. So indigo is the color, I guess, in their aura. Indigo is why they got named the indigo children, um, whereas the crystals have um, the, all the various colors. They, they are like a quartz crystal. And then they sort of can reflect those. OK. And at least that's my understanding. That has always lined up with everything that I've experienced. Um, but you know, this information has been out, you know, for a long time too. Uh, but the crystals are more psychic, I guess you could say intuitive. My son, my youngest one, this is, this is part of that journey part when you asked about me starting, this was part of that. And I wasn't supposed to have this second child and then he appeared to me or came to me as a spirit, as a spirit baby. And uh, gave me his name and I was like, wait, what? I'm not having another baby. But no, I am having another baby. And, you know, you can kind of get the idea of where that went. And I ended up making some shifts and adjustments for this to occur. Ended up being transferred to the States because I'm from Toronto originally. And uh, I needed to be here. So again, it was another thing that spirit was sending me on this incredible journey And I guess I needed to get here so I could get to Denver and all of that. I was in Georgia originally. And so in bringing this baby through, I was doing some spiritual work. And I received from my guide at that time, the three keys, where I mentioned the three keys to conception. And those are, in in the most basic terms, meditate, listen, and trust. And so this, it was with this, I brought this crystal baby into this world. And he's 27 now. Um, you know, he's a musician actually. He's, he's very, um, he's very artsy and he's very, he has that type of energy that you would imagine would go with that. And, you know, when he was 16 and, uh, his teacher was having a really bad day and she told me, she said, he came up to me and he said, are you okay? Do you need to talk? And this is, this is, good examples of how these crystals are very intuitive, very sensitive, really sensitive. And, um, so yeah, the star seeds, there was, you know, I heard information about them kind of way back. And then I've, I've seen or heard that term coming around again, quite a bit. And speaking to a friend of mine that is actually a a spirit baby, uh, reader, she was talking about more of the different dimensions and, um, almost that the star seeds are like an umbrella in a sense. So I don't know that I'm absolutely the best person to describe star seeds, at least not in too much detail, but then the pink starlights, they have that energy that is unconditional love, but it, it's a sensitivity, but not the same as maybe for a crystal more of they're the people. Like they're really clear that we're the people. And so there's a lot of people right now that are, are not, you know, not bringing a lot of light to our planet, let's say. And so this is going to stop. It will. This is all of this is crashing down now. And so part of the pink starlight's um, mission or focus is we are going to be the people. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are boys. A lot of them come through as boys. At least in my experience, I I have a lot of boys, uh, a lot of boy babies. And part of that is to help offset this this extreme you know off balance that we've had with Mm. that masculine energy Mm -hmm. and to be able to and it's not about being a boy or a girl or or any of that but it's a matter of helping to sort of replace because nature abhors a vacuum and as a lot of this this male energy that is you know I don't know the best I can really say is extreme right and as that leaves as that it's going to open space and we are you know we are a balance of masculine, feminine. So we're out of balance with having that sensitivity at the level that we need now. Within, let's say, your typical male.
0: Yeah, this reminds me of. Well, first, I, we just had two babies born in our family: um, my grandson and my nephew. <laughs> and so, it's so my grandson. He's eight months old now. But I remember I was last year I was um, in an Sedona desert. Um, and I had this very spiritual experience where he came to me in a vision. We had this communication and he was, it was basically the message I received was, uh, I'm here and you are to be my teacher. Um, and so we're like, I've already felt this strong connection anyways, but there's this bond that has already happened. And so, and and of course you know he's my grandchild my first grandchild so there's already that bond but you know I um you know at this young age you know and his parents are young um you know and so I'm just kind of curious you know for because you've mentioned the starlights you know are typically from older generations um, and I'm wondering if well, one if um, have you noticed any starlights in people that are maybe parents that are younger or, you know, what's the energy there? Because um, I feel like between my nephew and my grandson, they they just feel like very old wise you know light souls and they're here for you know a deeper purpose as you know as the the new generations are coming and the the masculine yeah the sacred masculine is coming to help shift that planet and i'm just wondering if you've seen uh the younger generations in this realm or or what have you noticed with that
2: yeah, that's why that's why I tend to say typically, because there is a lot with that, um, you know, with the older parents, but at the same time, you really hit that with the old soul or old energy. And they what they really need are parents that are going to be, you know, open or they need to be in a place where they have access. So to have you as a grandma or as an aunt, they have this incredible access that they wouldn't have in sort of, you know, an ordinary, if you will, family that's not, you know, at this level of spirituality or as open and receptive. Um, that's amazing. Mike, I am expecting a grand baby in October too. Congratulations. Excited. Oh, so yes, congratulations to you. Oh, okay. And you. um and my my little guy did the same. And and my, you know, my son and daughter-in-law, they're in their 30s. They're younger as well. But I can see why the pink starlight would still come through. You know, my son, um was raised with all this, you know, whatever people sometimes call woo-woo, and, you know, they're both very open and they're both very, you know, sensitive and supportive and focused on, you know, this child and not not living through the child, not um, manipulating or controlling the child in the direction that the child goes. And so, yes, he did come to me. I knew he was a boy and he had come in last year and then he left um, and she miscarried. And, you know, it was really, really sad. And uh, but I knew that he was coming back. I just I mean, it was brutal to to watch them go through that because it's it's just awful and it breaks your heart. But um, I knew he was coming back and I knew he was a boy and everyone kept saying he was a girl. Uh, But he's a boy and uh, he did come to me in a dream and he said, because they ended up doing doing the test because their curiosity and um, and he came to me and he said, the test is going to come back and it's going to show that I'm a boy (laughs) and we already know this. And uh, and he is. And then he also came through and told me about his name. And this is something the Pink Starlights will often do is send ahead their names. And I know that uh, my son and daughter-in-law were considering um, a couple of names previously And he came through in a dream and he just said, I have a different name. That's that's not none of those are my name. He didn't tell me what it was, but he said it was a different name. And so I asked my my son a little while after that if if those other names were on the table. And he said, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, my daughter-in-law just boom, she saw the name. She knew it was his name. It's his name. And that's that. Mm -hmm. and and that's what they tend to do is they will just it's almost like they like almost slam that name awareness to you they don't always but a lot of times they do and so yeah with younger younger parents they definitely do come through they're really I would say probably the common thread would be that ability to be able to access what they need they cannot be limited in whatever education they want they can't be limited if they want to explore something that is not you know what we might consider i hate the word normal but you know something that that is typical or that that has been has been the norm kind of thing it's not like they can't if they don't want to but but the parents all of us that are working with them have to be aware that they need access and they can't waste a lot of time trying to gain that access. Like, do you know what I mean? So, so indigos would maybe have to really fight hard to get access to whatever it might be. They might be, be shamed or, um, or simply for forbidden to do something like, you know, let's say little kids doing, you know, yoga or whatever it might be way back then, you know? So I would think that your grandbaby's parents, your nephews, parents, well, especially having you in the family, like right there, there is that, that really close access to this type of information and energy.
1: I love that explanation of having the access and and a person specifically. And so did, is this person kind of the... Oh, messenger if you will to help them maybe I don't know if understand is quite the right word that I'm looking for but or to tap into this unconditional love energy that they need to explore further um, how is that person sort of the the conduit there
2: So basically they're bringing that energy in so part of them entering is to bring this unconditional love light energy to help you know Brighten us, lighten us, help us to expand that way and to align with them energetically. And so it's not that any of us are are going to be out of alignment with them, but there's just certain ones that that they're coming through that are part of of their process, I guess you could say. And that can hold that love. that can hold that level of love because there's a lot of, of love. And, and it sounds terrible, especially with your Be the Love podcast. Um, but there's a lot of people that can't or don't hold love and if you were to try to try to grow or try to um, progress in that type of energy it would just you know dampen the light it would smother the energy so that's really that's really what what that's about is they're bringing in that love and then the parents need to let them to let them expand on it. Let them follow. They know like they have their journeys and they know what they are. They, they just, I'm trying to, so much information comes into me at the same time. Um, but for example, my son is a musician and he has gone, you know, he's just been there all his life. He knew, knew that's where he's going. He went to undergrad graduate and then a um, certificate that is postgraduate, um, that he just finished at a conservatory. And so many people said, no way, you're not gonna do it. You won't be able to make it. You can't make a living doing that. This is not gonna happen. You need to be an engineer. You need to do this. You need to go in the army, all these other things. Except I didn't do that. And my husband didn't do that. And his dad, who was, you know, I'm married a second time. His dad was very much about forcing into these roles that are sort of that that um, are so expected now are part of the reason that they're eliminating the arts uh, from universities and colleges to focus on these maths and sciences. But not everyone is supposed to focus on that or is necessarily aligned with that. But I just made it happen. I just supported it all the way. And he is doing exactly what he expected to do. And this is what they need. This is, they need that access. They need somebody who's able, I'm an Indigo. So of course I could fight for him too. And, you know, make sure that, that uh, he got every opportunity that he had opportunities, but to make sure that he was able to take advantage of them. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I really think that there is, you know, in my experience and just, you know, things that I've witnessed um that there's typically a person in each family that might feel like no one gets them and you know so you have all this knowledge maybe you know it's not good or bad you know there's no um hierarchy or anything but there's maybe some people like for myself for example you know i don't feel like people always get me in my family because I have a little bit, um, just, I think differently. I'm, you know, and outside of the, the realm of typical Western culture, um, you know, and the feeling on the the consciousness path and, you know, and so my spirituality has never really aligned with anyone. And, and so, but I feel like it's also been my, job on this planet to plant seeds and to love my family unconditionally and come into a place that helps heal the family unit and by planting seeds, by supporting and by loving. And so I'm wondering too, like, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is that maybe there's that person to help these pink star lights to access their own consciousness to help continue to raise their vibration to help support and validate their experiences rather than shutting those experiences down. Because I think as sensitives, you know, you know, especially in childhood, I know for me, it was like, you know, those feelings weren't supported or, you know, my, you know, I wasn't validated for what I was you know, thinking or feeling. And, and my parents, of course, did the best they could with what they had. And there's no blame or anything. It's just the level of consciousness that we're, we're at. And so I've learned to rise above that, but also tap into my own sensitive nature. And so supporting these pink starlights, who I'm assuming are going to be, have that similar sensitive nature and to have that validation and support sounds like it could be very profound for those families and for the pink starlights
2: yeah absolutely and definitely there's more of us you know sensitives woo woo weirdos black sheep whatever you <laughs> want to be called um I'm not on Facebook much these days, but when I am, I'm usually the one that posts the meme about the black sheep or whatever, and being proud to be the rebel or whatever else that is, for sure. Um, And yes, uh, people that end up with us in their families kind of don't know what to do with us in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And... um, but that's okay. We we brought some of this energy through. We're helping this. And so now the pink starlights, what will be nice is that there'll be somebody that totally gets this for them. Mm-hmm. And most cases will be, you know, their parents or somebody very, very in their, you know, immediate sphere. And so they won't. Yeah, it is rough to be sensitive and you just don't know what's going on. You know, I couldn't, when I was little, I I just couldn't understand children. Um, I couldn't understand the anger in the, the parents, the, the children beating each other up, you know, cause it was kind of, um, a rough area where I was not, not terribly, terribly, but there was definitely a lot of fights going on and a lot of, um, a lot of corporal punishment and a lot of screaming and, and that kind of thing, which is just brutal for, uh, any, anyone, let alone a sensitive person. And so, This is the kind of stuff, part of which the indigos helped to break through and where these pink starlights, they can they can just move for. I felt like I went backward. I felt like I came in somewhat as a little Buddha, like I was really happy go lucky and very um, I just cared about people so much. And then it was almost like I went backward as I tried to survive this this really. Uh, brutal environment, really, really um, harsh energy, if that makes sense, that, that happened. And so then I had to kind of go backward and then come forward again, whereas these guys can come in with that energy that they bring in and that awareness that they bring in and stay there and so elevate from there. And, and so and structure is a big thing, like they need structure. So it's not going to be is that for a while there, it seemed that we had a lot of kids that had no structure and they were kind of in charge of everything and they were like running the show, so to speak. And children, when they are children, can't do that. They're not meant to do that, no matter how old their soul is, right? So they need, they do need structure and they do need boundaries. And so this is, again, in this balance where the pink starlights are saying, you know, hey, we don't want, um, you know, we don't need people beating us. And we also don't need people putting absolutely no structure in for us at all. We just need, you know, we need balance. Um, Does that make sense? Like they need that this balance just keeps coming back to this balance all the time.
1: Yes, I definitely see the, you know, what you're communicating about balance and um, how, yeah, children do need um, a structure, a framework uh, so that they have that sense of groundedness and to know that they are supported because life can seem really, really chaotic and ungrounding at, you know, many times. And Uh, just to, yeah, and and the collective balance.
0: So it's happening on that, you know, the individual level as they're coming in to find that balance, but that's also helping, you know, raise consciousness and balance our planet that's been so imbalanced for so long.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well. Uh, just to wrap this up, Lindsay, we'd love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you and what you're currently working on.
2: Wow, that time just went so fast talking about these little babies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I am currently working on just really helping this awareness of the pink starlights, you know, get out there for them to help, you know, help connect them with their, their parents or their families or their purpose. And, um, yeah, you can find me at hypnofertility.com. That's my website. Uh, I am on Instagram and I am terrible about remembering <laughs> I am so not, you know, my I'm so sometimes into that spiritual aspect of things that remembering that concrete things like that, I think it's Lindsay. Um, one of them is Facebook and Instagram, one of one way or the other. I probably
0: should have written that down, huh? Well, we can absolutely add those to your show notes so people can easily find you as well. So, but thank you, Lindsay, so much for being here today with us and sharing this space to have this beautiful conscious conversation. Thank you so much. I I just appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And thank you for listening to Be the Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love, conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself, and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast. We can continue. Continue to spread the love to contribute please visit our patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on mondays and thursdays at 5 55 a.m mountain time